Welcome back to the emergency goalies. We took a week off because of the holiday and now we're back. And well, you know, we said maybe the Blackhawks would win a game and they did win a game. They beat the Columbus Blue Jackets. But other than that, the rest are all losses again. And yeah, just about typical for what we've seen. Yeah. I mean, I think they even ended up winning the game that we had targeted, which was the home game against Columbus. That was a a fairly good game for the Blackhawks. Um, They scored more than two goals for like the first time. in. in, uh, I think it's only happened twice in the last uh, uh, 30 calendar days. So it's been uh, a pretty rough, rough stretch offensively for this team. And And if you can't score more than two goals, you're not going to (laughs) win. I I will say the Blue Jackets did uh, help the Blackhawks because they were about about as lifeless as I've ever seen the hockey team to start that game. Yeah, it felt like a team that was ready to go on their Christmas break. (laughs) And the Blackhawks actually showed up. So, yeah, it was definitely advantage Blackhawks in that game. And, you know, I mean, Columbus is one of the few teams – that currently um, the talent gap isn't very wide between them and the Blackhawks. Um, The difference between these two franchises would be that the Blue Jackets are this bad because they've suffered a bunch of injuries, whereas the Blackhawks are trying to be this bad. Yes. Um, But I think we saw when the two teams met up again uh, over the weekend here and Columbus beat them four to one, in Columbus that, uh, yeah, they're, uh, even in their damaged state are probably a little better than the Blackhawks. Um, you know, it, it, it helps when you have, uh, Johnny hockey and, uh, a couple of other, uh, pretty decent players still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> other than that, it was a lot of non-competitive hockey, yep. including, um, the follow-up game to the Columbus loss, which was um, a fairly convincing beatdown by the Sharks um, on the Blackhawks, who are another team that uh, has been struggling this year. But um, San Jose took it to them pretty good uh, for most of the game. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's – like I said, if you can't score two goals in this – more than two goals in this – uh, offense crazy NHL right yeah. now. You're just you're not going to win games, and the Blackhawks just don't have offense. Yeah, and I, I you said it perfectly um, on Twitter the other day. The Blackhawks are in the middle of the dead puck early 2000s. Yeah, style hockey in a league that is not that right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is the highest offensive output. Um, and the, the NHL has seen, I want to say, since the early 90s or late 80s. And, yeah, the Blackhawks, like I said, they're scoring one to two goals a game. I think on the season, their average is like 2.2, which, um, you know, during the, the height of the dead puck era, um, you know, if you had a goaltender that was giving up 2.2 goals against, um, they were in contention for the Vezinas. <laughs> 
yeah, um, <clears throat> Blackhawks are making just about every goalie look good right now. And uh, of course, then we get to probably the biggest story of these two weeks is Patrick Kane left the last game with an injury. We don't know how bad of an injury he hasn't been put on injured reserve. Have they said what the injury was? Um, not as of a, like an hour ago. <clears throat> um, I know there's been some, spe- some speculation that it was a knee or thigh injury. Um, he apparently suffered it on uh, late in the third period against San Jose. Um, and I think he missed one shift, but then he played one more shift at the end of the game um, as the Blackhawks were trying to rally and tie it. Um, and then he did uh, <clears throat> um, do the morning skate and uh, dressed for the, the Tampa Bay game, but was only able to um, complete the first two periods before exiting. And yeah, at least as of now, we don't know exactly the extent of the injury. I do think the fact that they haven't put him on IR is a fairly decent sign because the team did just put a couple of guys on IR um, uh, with Jujar Kara and uh, Mackenzie Entwistle. Yeah, and they called up Reichel. Uh, Reichel and uh, uh, Brent Senny, who uh, is leading the, the Ice Hogs in scoring um this year so hopefully you get a little bit of an offensive boost be- with those two but um you know i kind of doubt it especially if kane's gonna miss any time yeah. um but you know i it, if there's any little um bump or bruise or even something a little more significant than that with kane there is at least you know, we've, we, we've got uh, almost two months to the trade deadline at this point. So uh, there's still a, a decent amount of time here for him to heal up. Yes. And, uh, I, you know, do anything to aggravate. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, the other nice thing is the Blackhawks are in the middle of a very long home stand. Um, coming out of the, the holiday break here. And uh, so was starting Sunday against San Jose. They were playing uh, seven straight home games over a two and a half week stretch. Uh, so Kane will have access to, you know, all the Hawks trainers and facilities and his own bed and that sort of thing. So hopefully uh, whatever it is, he can heal up pretty quick. I, I do think, uh, I guess kind of going along with the, you know, Kane and the trade deadline, uh, we did also hear over the holidays that uh, his agent, Pat Brisson, uh, is going to meet with both Taves and Kane uh, mm-hmm. here uh, over the next uh, week or two uh, to discuss their plans for yeah. uh, the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So we should have a pretty good idea, um, I would say, by the end of January, whether or not those two guys are going to be willing to waive their no movement clause. And I mean, if there's any, if there's anything that would be pushing you to, you know, waive your no trade clause would be this current state of the Blackhawks, but you never know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been working under the assumption that both of them entered the season with maybe a slight glimmer of hope that, you know, they might 
have a little more talent around than they, than maybe it appeared or, um, you know, that they might be able to find some way to still enjoy the season, but I think it's starting to wear on both of them. Yeah. And, uh, I do think both of them, I, I, I would certainly hope their agent, um, mentions to them the very road heavy aspect of the Blackhawks uh, final 40 games of the season. They've only got 15 home games over the last 40 games. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the guys are going to be on the road away from their family a lot anyway, even if they stay. So to me, it just makes sense to allow both of them to move on, um, you know, find a spot where, you know, either they have a good shot of winning a cup or a potential landing spot where they could see themselves uh, signing long-term and kind of using the last couple of months as a, as a testing ground for them. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's until, until that point, we're just going to kind of be treading water and, you know, at least, uh, you know, at least in the short term here, we'll, we'll get to see Reichel a little bit. Um, you know, it's, it's unusual for the Blackhawks to have any of their decent prospects up with the team this year. Uh, so getting Reichel up front and um, we've been getting to see Zach, uh, or Isaac Phillips um, a little bit on the back end as well. So that's at least something to, to keep an eye on. And hopefully those two guys can have some pretty good showings here over the next week or two. Yep. And then. Um, we did get some good uh, injury news today, um, oh, yeah. not at the NHL level, but at the AHL level where um, Alex Vlasic uh, has been out with a broken leg. I think a broken fibula might be uh, since like early December. Um, and he was expected to be out a couple of more weeks, but apparently he's ready to return here within the next week. So uh, he's kind of getting back quicker and uh, yeah, that's good to get him playing time and get him ready for the playoffs um, there. Yeah. I was going to add some not as good AHL news, which was Soderblom was injured and is going to miss a couple weeks. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, at the world juniors, uh, we also had Colton doc kind of like his brother suffer an injury um, at that tournament. And um uh, it's, it appears to be a shoulder injury. Um, I don't know if it was a separated shoulder or maybe a broken collarbone, something something along those lines. And he's missing the rest of the tournament. And um, my guess is he's going to be out a decent amount of time. And for somebody who already missed a significant time early in the season because of uh, a couple of different concussions, if I remember correctly, it was at least one concussion. Uh, it's going to kind of end up being somewhat of a lost season for him, unfortunately, I think. Well, you know, speaking of the Blackhawks, of course, are tanking and uh, the guy they're tanking for mm-hmm. uh, absolutely destroyed the yeah. World League tournaments. I mean. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're, we're recording this right now during the uh, Canada U.S. semifinal game. And he scored a really nice goal off a tip in off uh, from a pass by Blackhawks prospect, Ethan Del Mastro. Uh, and uh, I know Canada's jumped out ahead in, in that game 
after the U.S. was leading early on. Um, so I'll be kind of curious. But yeah, I, I think I did see something on Twitter right before we were recording where Connor Bedard has either scored a goal or assisted on it was like 65 or 66 percent of Canada's goals this tournament. It's it, it, it he's already set the record for draft eligible uh, uh, for points for any draft eligible player. And he's actually getting he if he has a big game today, um, he would be at least within striking distance of Peter Forsberg's overall tournament record. Um, but I'm not sure. The hype is going to be yeah out of control now. Yeah, it's you know it was already you know talk that he was the best since McDavid, and I with the way his tournament has gone, uh, I think he's pretty much sealed up um, that that title, so to speak. And I think any of the um, discussion of, oh, it could maybe Fantilli or somebody close the distance. And, but no, it, it's, it, it, it's over. <laughs> um, Connor Bedard is going first overall. Um, if you want to talk about whether or not he's a full-time NHL center, or if he needs to move to the wing at some point, fine. Maybe you can have that discussion, but whether or not he's the first overall pick in this draft is, it's it's a, a moot conversation at this point. Um, he was already ahead heading into this tournament. And yeah, um, even though a few games doesn't mean that much in the grand scheme of things. Um, but like I said, he was already ahead. And then just doing this against the best in the world with every eye in the hockey world watching it. Um, yeah, it's over. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, uh, we, we knew going into this that uh, they were tanking for the best shot at Bedard possible. And, yeah, I mean, we got the worst record. Yeah, It's going to give us a 25% chance of landing. And um, that's, you know, by, by far the best odds, even though, you know, it's still a only a one in four chance of getting him, but it's better than anybody else. <laughs> If you're going to take for somebody, that's a pretty good guy to take. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and then if you, if you do finish with the worst record, you know, the worst you can pick is third. And uh, there seems to be a couple of other guys that everybody's um, appreciates their game quite a bit. So the Blackhawks are going to be in really good shape to walk away with a good player um assuming they continue to lose as expected yep and speaking of losing as expected uh the week ahead for the blackhawks yeah um so like i said it's a bunch of home games um however this is the kind of the the light part of the schedule where they've just got um two games um over the weekend here uh, with a Friday night game against Arizona and then a Sunday afternoon or Sunday night game, I should say against Calgary. Um, obviously the Arizona game is the more winnable of the two. Yeah. And uh, certainly a, a, a team that the Blackhawks should be able to, to compete against, um, especially at, at home. So 
yeah, I mean, two games. Uh, could the Blackhawks have a 500 week? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, it's not, it wouldn't be out of question to beat Arizona. Yeah, absolutely not. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm at least looking forward to that being a competitive game, um, however it, it ends up playing out um, on the scoreboard. So, yeah. That's, that's about all we can hope for at this point is competitive yeah. hockey. Yeah, at least something interesting. That's right. And like I said, we, we at least got Reichel and Phillips to, to, to watch as potential pieces for the future, um, which is more than we can say for many of these games that we've watched over the last couple of yes. months. Indeed. All right. Well, I guess that's all for this week, and we'll be back with more, I, w- I won't say exciting Blackhawks action. <laughs> yeah. Well, We'll have stuff to talk about. So, absolutely. Um, as always, Michael on Twitter, MJ underscore Ernst, MSTH85. And you can get the podcast on the Apple Podcast app or Spotify. And we'll be back. <laughs>